Good morning. It reminds me of our beginnings. Those who were with us about 20 years ago will remember this place and how cold it used to be. And thank God we have some heat this morning. And uh, uh, I want to tell you, sometimes we used to come and uh, smell the beer and the wine. And if you smell anything of that kind, well, this place is used for that. But we thank God we can turn a beer place into a worship place. In the presence of God, we have always uh, been to many places and we have worshipped God. And we've never, never uh, missed a place. So this is good. But the Lord, I think, intentionally placed us in this place before we move to our new place. Uh, If I may use... uh, the words of uh, Mike Souza when he visited the new church, he said, Adel, this is a cathedral. It is. It humbles me. It brings tears to my eyes. I go there and I cry. That's your church. That's God's church. That's your money is being spent there. And it will be ready soon for you. To enjoy and for the generations to come. If the Lord tarries. And finally Mike couldn't describe it. And he says, Adol, this is a fortress. This is Masada. (laughs) Am I right? Correct me. Yeah, we have 20,000 feet for you to go to church. So bear with me. And I am so pleased. My heart is overjoyed to see you all here. When I started this morning praying, I started praying for each and every one. I said, Lord, do not stop them from coming to this place. Though it is humbling, but it's beautiful. Our forefathers, ancestors worshipped in the catacombs. And they, were, they didn't know whether, when they left that, these places, whether they're going to live or not. And many died to set us free. To give us this freedom. And we thank God for the USA, this country, that we can worship anywhere. We can proclaim God anywhere and pray that it will continue until he comes. And we have to live for that and enjoy. Now, uh, may, may someone give me a watch, please? I don't carry watches. I'm still living on Abraham's way. No watch. Matthew? Is there any problem with that? Oh, yeah, we have time. Today, I want to ask you, I am against New Year's resolutions, but I want to ask you to make one or two. And I can make one or two for you or help you or suggest to make that resolution. And because so many other resolutions you have to make yourselves. These were personal And we are thankful for that. But I was uh, meditating on the word of God. And uh, I came across a verse in Philippians 4.13. The Bible says there, I can do, that's Paul writing to the Philippian church. I hope one day we can study this beautiful uh, 
epistle. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can we repeat that together? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you think we can? We are on a threshold of a new year. We have ahead of us a lot of challenges. But we are thankful that the Lord has brought us thus far. I spoke about that last week. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Or hitherto, as Spurgeon says, hitherto the Lord has brought us here. To God be the glory. On behalf of each and every family, I can say, to God be the glory. And thank God for that. We are at a stage in our church, in our life today, of a big change. And a change going forward. A change that will affect us and our children, our grandchildren, in a a new place. Our hearts and minds cannot fathom his blessings and the miracles that God has done with us. He's the God of wonders. I spoke about that two weeks ago. What he has accomplished on our behalf is unfathomable. We are thankful for his care. We're thankful for his love. We're thankful for his faithfulness. I have been asked during the past months, two, three, Edel, I know we're building a church. What can I do to help? If I may influence you, I said to many people, the time will come. You can help in many ways. And we thank God for those who have helped financially, putting their, themselves to work. And uh, in every which way, we have seen help coming in. We still need it. And each one of us is called upon. What can I do? Can you make a resolution with me that the very thing I can influence you with, that you can pray? This I can probably ask you to do. May I ask you to consecrate yourself and dedicate a time of prayer that we are going to miss for the next months. That in the family, you and your family, dedicate a time. Maybe Monday night, we're not meeting for a prayer meeting. And sit around your table or uh, in, in the living room, any area. And dedicate half an hour to read a verse or two in the Bible and start praying. I resolve, can you say, to do something for the Lord. And may I influence you to say, I resolve to pray, to take a time of prayer with my family so we can help bring our dream into being true. And it's coming. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. I read a little story about a, uh, a, a girl. Uh, a preacher asked this hardworking, she was serving tables, what she was doing for the Lord. She explained that she had very little time to be involved in church work. But she added, I take the newspaper to my bedroom each night. 
surprised the preacher asked what possible good that could be or could do. You take newspapers to, to your bed. Well, she explained, I turned to the column of birth. I pray that each of the newborns will be led to the Savior at an early age and become a great blessing to the world. Then she said, next, I check the column of weddings and pray that the couples will always remain true to each other and build their home on Christ. Amen, Cameron? Then I go over the death notices and mention the bereaved families by name to God, asking that in their sorrow they will turn to the Lord. We can help. We can pray. And whatever ministry you have, you can bathe it in prayer. And the Lord will bless it. Someone said prayer pulls the rope below and the great bell rings above in the ears of God. So I encourage you, please, to dedicate a time, family time, as long as we are not meeting for prayers, Monday night or Wednesday night, and take half an hour, each and every one, I call on you to have a prayer time for the church, for the members, for the building, so the Lord will move us quickly. Some scarcely stir the bell, for they pray lacking in spirit or interest. Others give but an occasional pluck to the rope. But he who wins with heaven is the one who grasps the rope boldly and pulls continuously with all his might. Let's knock on the doors of heaven and God is able to give us that. Can you make, can you help me? Let us all make this resolution at the beginning of the new year that we are going to be a prayerful family. The second one, if I may influence you, is you can say, I resolve to replace fretting with trust. Can we do that? We fret a lot, don't we? I resolve to, be, to pray. And I, these are the only things I, I can suggest for you. And there are many other resolutions or decisions you can make. But these were personal. These are. And I leave them in between you and God. In Psalms 37, when it begins with the word, fret not. In some other translations, do not fret. But fret not is fine. And those words are repeated during the rest of the psalm to encourage us. And say, uh, some of you may ask, Adol, could you define fret not? Okay, I went to the dictionary and I got this for, for you. Uh, the dictionary defines fret as to eat way, gnaw or bite, gall, vex, worry, agitate, and wear away. Can we put all these before the Lord? Can we make a resolution, Lord, I don't want to worry. I don't want to fret. I want to give it all and put it at your feet. It's easier said than done. But, but we are called upon to do that. The writer Norman Wright tells us of the scenes he sees each year when 
He hikes along the Snake River in the Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. He says colonies of beavers live along the riverbanks, and often he sees trees that are at various station, station, uh, stages of being eaten up, trees eaten up, to the ground. Some trees have slight rings around them or around the trunks where the beavers have just started to chew on them. Other trees have several inches of bark eaten away and some have already fallen to the ground because the beavers have eaten through the trunks. You know, he says after that, worry has the same effects on us. Worry has the same effects on us. It will gradually eat away at us until it destroys us completely. Can we fret not? We are asked at the very beginning of this year to just put every worry, every fret at the feet of Jesus. As I said, it's easier said than done. But we can do it by the grace of God. I can do all things, what? Through Christ who strengthens me. This is the verse for the year. I can do all things. I can pray. And so many times, I go back to prayer. So many times when you kneel to pray, all kinds of thoughts come by. Right? And so many times when you're praying, what happens? You start thinking of many other things. And then you wake up and say, I started praying. What happened to me? Then you start cooking. You start going to the shop. You start fixing things. And the kids and everyone else. Am I, am I being right on that? Correct me if I'm wrong. Because you know why? It happens to me. It happens to everyone. And this is why Satan wants to take away our dedication. Our decision. Our commitment. Which we are going to talk about. Worry has the same effect, the same effect on us. And it will gradually kill us and destroy us. Psalm 37 gives us the positive substitute for worry at the very beginning of this year. In the first point says trust. Trust. What's trust? Lean on. Rely on. And be confident. In the Lord. Trust is a matter of not attempting to live an independent life. Trust is leaning on God. The word says trust yourself. Have self-confidence. This is good if you have God. He will give us the self-confidence. How can we cope with difficulties? If we are only confident in ourselves. I don't know why. How. But I tell you one thing. God has brought us this far. Because we are confident in him. And because we trust him. It means trust. Going to someone greater than us. And there we find strength. In our Lord Jesus Christ. Trust. And He follows the word trust by saying in verse 4, Delight yourself 
also in the Lord. Trust and delight. Isn't that beautiful at this stage in our life and experience? To delight means rejoicing in God and what he has done for us. Can we delight in that? Don't you think it's easy? I think it is. Let God supply the joy for your life. And I want to uh, elaborate a little bit on this. Who supplies the joy for your life? Ask yourself and be honest with ourselves. Who gives me joy? Is it the party I'm going to? Is it my, my wife, which is great? My husband, great. But who should be the source of the joy in your life? If, if it's not, not the Lord, everything else is go, going to go away. Trust me on that. But if the Lord supplies the joy in your life, if he is the source, you will not depend on Tom, Dick, or Harry to bring you any joy. Not the party, not the event. And I know that Cam and Katrina are looking forward to that great day. And we, we asked them to postpone it a little bit so we can give them uh, a wedding uh, in the church. They said, no, no, we can't wait. We will get married there. <laughs> Though their source of joy is looking forward to that, that's good. But the real source of joy in their lives should be the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one. And that's how you can delight and you have a joyful life. Then you are not affected by circumstances. You're not affected by what happens today or what's going to happen tomorrow. You're not, uh, you're not affected by if the market makes it or doesn't make it that day. You're not affected by what, by, but what, by what happens in the world. At all. Because why? The source of your stability and joy is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's delight. That's how we delight ourselves in the Lord. Let God supply the joy in your life. Plus, delight comes as a natural act of appreciation to what God has given us. It comes from a loving heart. Do you have that? May I suggest that you fret not this year? Spurgeon writes in this effect, and I like that. And I hope you can get what he says, because he speaks sometimes in a very uh, words. You have to read Spurgeon three times to understand him. That's me. But that's okay. He says, we fear not God because of any compulsion. Our faith is no fetter. Our profession is no bondage. We are not dragged to be holy, nor driven to duty. No, no, no. Our piety is our pleasure. Our hope is our happiness. Our duty is our delight. I think we understand that. I changed few words so you can understand them after reading it twice or three times. So this is it. Our, our duty, our hope, our piety is our delight. And why? Because the source of it is in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Then he says in verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. You know, the Lord addressing Joshua and asking him to take the children of Israel into the Holy Land. He told him, you have not been that way before. Year 2010, we don't know what hides for us. We have not been that way before. We have not seen in our lives 2010 before. By the way, it comes once and that's it. We don't know what the journey hides for us. But one thing, if we commit our way to the Lord, He will guide us through. Commitment is a definite act of will. And it involves releasing our worries and anxieties to the Lord. When we commit our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, then we will always recognize His voice and He will guide us through the most difficult situation that we go through. This means that we need to practice the presence of the Lord daily. Oh, for a totally committed and surrendered life. You know, before they went into the, the long way, the children of Israel, to cross the desert and travel, they traveled for 40 years. And the Lord told the Moses, I'm going to send my angel to go with you. Moses said, no way. Because Moses knew the Lord. He was the only one who could talk to the Lord face to face. And try to get the Lord to agree with him. Because he found grace in the eyes of God. And he told him, no, no, we will not go unless your presence is with us. And we can say this morning, we will not go into 2010 unless the Lord's presence is with us. And he will be with us if we commit ourselves to him. If we have a commitment, and a commitment is a decision that whatever comes, I am going to walk with the Lord all the way. We are going to face some problems. We are going to face some disappointments in life. But through it all, he says, I will guide you through. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will see that you make it to the other end. Do you believe in that? That's commitment. Are we willing to commit to the task before us this year? Are we? Do I hear no? Thank you. Jesus succeeded in his mission because he was totally committed to the task before him. Don't you say that? And who is our guide? Who is our example except the Lord Jesus Christ? He was willing to give up everything for you and for me. If Jesus decided not to go to the cross, where would we be this morning? If you look at us, wow, that's too much to die for others. He said, no, that's my pleasure, that's my delight to die for others. No one really succeeds in life until he reaches that point that you and I are willing to sacrifice even if needs be our lives.
Disraeli said once, Nothing can resist a will that will stake even existence for its fulfillment. No, nothing can resist a will. If I have a will that we are going to succeed, I am going to follow my commitment. I am going to follow Jesus Christ. I am going to be a praying person. And I am going to fret not. I am committing to the Lord my life, my resources, my children, my family. I am going to give it into His hands. Okay? Then you are betting your existence for the fulfillment of your dream. You know one thing? What is a better place than his arms and his hands to put our lives in? Those many people that you hear about and you read about and some of you know of, that they have placed all their dreams, all their commitments in their own lives and in their own will and in their own minds and they have committed suicide. Tell me what, can, what trust is that? The only one that you can trust. And he will not bargain with your soul nor your life. But he will preserve it until the end of time is the Lord Jesus Christ. Make that commitment. I, may I suggest? And finally, we are to rest in the Lord and wait for him. This means to submit in silence. To what he ordains. And be ready to expect that he is going to do great in our lives. You know, we don't know when the world, I mean the world, families, corporations, everywhere around us, when they plan something, we don't know whether they're going to succeed or not. We hope that they succeed. They make plans to succeed. They make meetings to succeed. They spend money to succeed mostly. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he takes a life, when he takes a church, when he takes committed people, when he takes people who are really his, and the rest of the journey is always a happy ending. So, Paul writing more that he says, okay, At the very beginning, be anxious for nothing. That means, fret not for anything in this world. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, he says in prayers. What he says there in uh, Philippians chapter 4, I am going to give you a proposition or a premise, if you will, please. And that premise, to start with this year, stop worrying. Can we say that? Okay? Would you please stop worrying? And then start practicing. What, how do we practice not to worry? By praying. And then finally, I give you a promise. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your minds and soul In Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that something? So at the very beginning of this year, can we say, Lord, I can fulfill these two resolutions. I want to be a prayerful family. I want to take my wife and 
if that altar has not been there erected well and it has been lately left aside, get that altar and rebuild it, please. And let us start being a prayerful church. We have been known for that. Due to, due to the circumstances, we're not having prayers at church. But I ask you to reinstate that in the family and dedicate that. And then, let us not fret. Let's surrender to the Lord. Let's commit. Let's delight ourselves. And let us know that He has always a happy results for this church. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for giving us the opportunity again to meet as a church, regardless where we meet, on under which conditions, but we know very well where two or three are gathered together, there you shall be in their midst. You are in our midst. This is your church. May you bless it. May you guide us through this new year, Lord. May we be prayerful people. May we be people of action. May we commit our lives to you and you. And have this commitment not to worry, but to live a life of delight in your person. We thank you for the opportunity of being together. And we miss each other. But the time is coming where soon, where we shall be there as usual. Until then, may you bless each and every one here. And help us not to forget that you are our God. And we can do more than we even dream for, above and beyond what we even think, with God on our side. Bless this congregation, Lord. Help us to honor you in our lives and to live a life worthy of our calling. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. Amen.